You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I am passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you, whether it's recovering from a layoff, finding your next opportunity, updating your resume, prepping for an interview, or transitioning to a brand new career. With more than 40 million people currently out of work, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working, or of course now working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve success and growth in your career. On today's show, we're talking about remote work because no matter what your 2020 has in store for you, it's been challenging and we wanna focus on what can work for you in terms of work-life balance and just making your remote work work. While things might not be back to the normal or the new normal, finding a way to make it work is a priority for all of us. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, send us an email at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Ronstad Rysmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years experience in career services and recruiting, and I like to tell people essentially I got paid to get people paid. And today I'm so excited to bring in two rock star guests. One is a returning favorite. Our first guest is Dan Davenport, president and general manager of Rodstad Rysmart. He founded a company that essentially disrupted the kind of brick and mortar world of outplacement with technology and virtual delivery of services. So he knows a little bit about remote working. And I'm so excited to welcome back our second guest is Lindsay Witcher, Vice President of Practice Strategy at Ronstadt Rysmart. In that role, she developed solutions to help companies solve their talent challenges and improve their overall employee experiences. So thank you both for joining me today for a career conversation. Um, say welcome to our listeners. Thanks, Erin. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Erin. So when we think of the office, you either A, assume I'm referencing a sitcom about a paper company, or you're thinking of a place which might be a little corporate, might be a little rigid, and in the past few months kind of shifted very quickly for most people to a remote or flexible option. Um, and so some people aren't really, you know, haven't really gotten a grasp on how remote work-life balance might differ from the traditional work-life balance. So I'd love to get kind of your guys' take on advice on what it means to have a work-life balance in this remote era. Um, so, Lindsay, I'd love to start with you. What kind of advice do you have for our listeners? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I know a lot of people struggling with it and trying to figure out how to work in this new world where not only has your work become at home, but likely if you have family, they're home too, figuring out how to balance all that with what's going on in the world, which adds a heavy emotional toll for most people as well, and just taking all of those things and trying to continue to be productive at work, engaged at work, on top of things at work, but also take care of yourself and your families and, and loved ones during a really difficult time. I mean, I can say for myself, I've worked from home for over nine years now. So while that part wasn't a change, COVID brought a lot of new challenges to working from home. So I can certainly empathize with listeners who are having a hard time with that. But ultimately, some things that I think from an individual personal level really help include making sure that you carve out a space 
in your home for work that's dedicated to you doing work that has all of the things you need from a technology perspective and um, all of the sort of uh, necessary uh, thing like your computer and a, a screen and your you know notes and all of that type of stuff. I think that's really important. I think also setting setting timelines for yourself in terms of what time you start when you take breaks and what time you end. Uh, and that might shift a little bit from day to day based on what's going on, but setting out with an intention for the day with that in mind really helps you to create boundaries for yourself. Because when you work from home, it's easy to roll out of bed, pick up your phone, start responding to emails, and before you know it, it's 9 o'clock and you haven't you know, gotten up from your desk. And so you have to set those boundaries for yourself so you don't overwork and you don't end up burnt out. Um, in a world which, frankly, it's, it's much easier to get burnt out in just giving everything that's that's going along. And um, so those, those are a couple ideas from the personal perspective. I think Dan can probably give some great ideas from the, you know, management perspective or company perspective on things that, that are, can be done to help people manage all this better from a work-life balance perspective. Yeah, I think um, Lindsay and I are in a little bit different spots. As she mentioned, she's been working from home uh, for the past nine years and, and I've kind of been the exact opposite. I've always been in the office. That's just, um, I don't know if I'm a little old school like that, but I always loved going to the office and I actually never really thought I could work effectively from home given all the distractions and all of that. So this is, this has certainly been a learning experience for me to, um, just figure out how to operate in this kind of new normal. Um, and so, and I think there's pros and cons. I've actually learned a lot about, about this and um you know there's been some things that are nice to it obviously not having to commute in and um but i'm fortunate i have a space where i can kind of carve out um for myself here in the house and i don't have little kids my kids are older so uh that's not as difficult for me personally um and so um but it's been kind of nice to take walking meetings or to you know i've just found you know zoom calls or video conference calls you can get kind of tired staring at your screen all day so um, I'll take breaks and do calls outside or, or walking around or things like that. And I just would never do that in the office. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, but in terms of managing, you know, for the company, I think, you know, we've just tried to be flexible. I think with everybody knowing that people are in a difficult spot and, and be a bit empathetic uh, to people's situations. And I think in, in to some extent, it's been kind of interesting to see, um, you know, kids walking through the screens, <laughs> pets walking through the screens in meetings. And I think it's uh, it's kind of brought a nice bit of humanity into the workplace that maybe wasn't there before where everything was so official. I think we all know that everybody's in a difficult spot right now and we're just kind of doing the best we can. So I think as managers, you just have to, you know, I read this, somebody said this pretty well. I think they said, you got to give your employees the benefit benefit of the doubt in this situation that you know, people are stressed, people have a lot going on, and if they say they need something, just let them do it. It's not, not the end of the world. And so we've tried to kind of operate with that that in mind. That's such great advice, Dan, and I think it really speaks to, in the past, there was always that fear that managers might think, oh, you're just sitting around eating bonbons and watching the young and the restless, but during this time period, I don't think anybody's making that assumption right now. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this to talk a little bit more about kind of some long-term implications and what it means and how to navigate moving forward. So stay with us. We'll be back for Career Conversations in a second. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. 
Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Erin Rovner, and I'm joined today by Dan Davenport, President and General Manager of Randstad RiseSmart, and Lindsay Witcher, Vice President of Practice Strategy. We're talking about remote work. And a recent study found that 30% of jobs in the United States can be performed entirely at home with significant variation across cities and industries. With this whole pandemic forcing companies to shift to virtual, it's actually been kind of surprising how many places are realizing how much can be done virtually. Um, but that brings in the question, as we shift to a more remote, more flexible, more virtual workplace, what could be the long-term implications both for workers and for managers. Um, so, Lindsay, I'd love if you could kind of tackle what that would mean, what you think that would mean in terms of implications as we move forward through this whole process. As, as I've thought about that same question, the thing that most excites me is a more borderless approach to talent. So, where before the pandemic, a lot of companies, they would only source talent out of their local market because people had to come into the office for obvious reasons. I think with organizations now seeing that people can be just as effective and efficient, if not more so working from home, that that's really opening their eyes to the fact that people can work from anywhere uh, for most jobs or many jobs. Uh, And that, in fact, I think is going to bring a much more diverse talent base to organizations. It's going to help with overcrowding in certain geographies. I think it's just going to do nothing but really, really positive things from a diversity perspective, especially for organizations. And I think companies will be able to tap into much, much better talent than they can when they're just focused on a single geography. So for me, I think that's one of the most exciting things and exciting developments. And I think it just opens up such greater economic opportunity for people who live outside of places like Silicon Valley or New York or Atlanta to have more more options for their career and also more flexibility for their personal lives. And, you know, I think personally, I think it's nothing, nothing but positive things that will come out of it. I love that. And there's so many studies that say the more diverse your pool of workers are, the more productive you are as a company. Like there's so many correlations between positive outcomes and revenue and all of that. So I'd love to kind of, Dan, get your take on kind of the the management, the higher level, you know, the long-term implications of everything, you know, really shifting over to a more virtual workforce. I agree with everything Lindsay just said. I think net-net, it's a positive. Some of us may have been skeptical in the past that we could operate in kind of a purely virtual way. Um, And I think we've really ripped the Band-Aid off there and, and we've kind of proven, I know within our company, uh, we're as busy, uh, obviously, given the situation in the market as we've ever been, and we transitioned. It, you know, it wasn't entirely easy, I would say, but we transitioned relatively smoothly to going full virtual, and and the business hasn't missed a beat despite growing really rapidly. So um, I think we have, I think companies have realized that the office is is maybe a bit of a luxury, uh, and I say that a little bit. Sadly, we just signed a new five-year lease to, a couple months before the pandemic, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we have to deal with that. But uh, 
But I think uh, I think access to talent is huge. Uh, you know, areas where we are in the Bay Area here, where it's been a crazy war on talent and prices have been going up on office leases, homes, everything else. It's hard to live out here for a lot of people. You know, I think this is really going to change the game on that. Uh, we can tap into different markets for people and give people flexibility. We have someone, there's someone that works for me that has been pretty much a, a uh, working nomad for the past few months, moving from city to city, living in Airbnbs, and, and it's working great. Um, so I think it's really creating some cool work arrangements for people. Um, I think the, the one thing I do miss, I think, and I think we re- a lot of us realize is we miss the social aspects of the office. That um, you know, And there is some fatigue that happens, as I mentioned earlier, with staring at your computer screen all day. Um, so we do miss a little bit of that and just the energy that, uh, you know, for our company, a lot of the energy was created at headquarters and pushed out to the rest of uh, the rest of the company. And so we have to find new creative ways um, to capture that energy and capture the social aspect. So I think it's going to force us to learn how to operate in a bit different way. Speaking of those uh, energetic ideas, we recently launched a water cooler concept, a virtual water cooler concept at the company where there's sort of a always open uh, virtual meeting that people can pop in at any point in the day. Maybe your meeting ended early, maybe over lunch, whatever the case might be, and pop in and other colleagues will be there and it creates sort of chance encounters with people who you might not otherwise be interacting with on a day-to-day basis. And it creates a great way to facilitate those introductions and those, you know, happenstance kind of meetings. And we've even put some contests in place for random uh, you know, Starbucks gift card, if you happen to be in there at a certain time. So I think people are really receiving that well. And um, also, you know, we've been looking into and doing on some teams, virtual team building events. So there's a lot of great options now. A lot of people are actually starting businesses for this specifically during the pandemic, which is very uh, opportunistic and entrepreneurial, which we love here at Rice Smart. And so um, I recently just booked one for my team and we're going to do sort of a almost like a scavenger hunt, laughing, team building session thing through um, Airbnb experiences, actually. So we're really excited to try that. And I think those are just a couple examples of ways you can accomplish some of that same camaraderie, or maybe not same, but the, the spirit of that camaraderie when you don't have that uh, face-to-face you know, interaction with people. You're 100% right, Lindsay. And I think that was always the promise of those open office concepts was you could just walk up to anybody and talk to them. And the fear with even with all this technology was, oh, well, I won't be able to just walk over and remark on what's happening and what's going on, or that we won't have anything in common. But I think that because everyone is dealing with such a global pandemic, it does seem like um, I find that one of the things that's most interesting is that I do think more people are kind of coming together um, and coming up with creative ways to address these challenges, whether it's team building or whether it's something else. Um, and so I'd love to kind of hear, you know, if you guys have heard any any kind of outside-the-box ideas on addressing challenges, because everybody, whether it's you have no family and you're all alone is a challenge, or whether you have, you know, kids or a dog and a cat or, you know, or or even just uh, I had a client last week and they said, I have a phone interview, Aaron, but my upstairs neighbor has been using their rowing machine and it sounds like I'm underwater, which is kind of the strangest digital work story that I've heard all day, but is a valid concern. And so uh, I think this is kind of a great opportunity. So if you guys have any kind of insight on, interesting challenges that I think have risen to the top. I'd love to kind of get your take on that. Yeah, I think everybody's had to be pretty creative in, in trying to find ways to establish workspace, workspaces in their homes. And, and I think at the same time, 
we've all had to become, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit more empathetic to everybody's situation. And I think most people just are dealing with that pretty well. Uh, I know personally I have this issue where one of my neighbors has their music going outside the window uh, all the time. So if she's listening, uh, maybe turn that down a little bit. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I think, um, I think the hardest thing probably right now is, is those who are at home with, with little kids or, or those that um, just have to care for somebody in their home while working. And so I think, um, you know, people are finding different work hours, you know, work well, you know, I'll get to this later once the kids go to bed and you know, kind of changing their schedule up to do that. Um, but I was talking, doing a call with one of our employees yesterday and he was in his garage. Uh, he'd set up a makeshift office inside his garage, which I thought was pretty creative. Um, so I think we're seeing, we're just seeing everybody trying to do what they can to just get by knowing that, hey, this isn't going to be like this forever, but um, we just need to do the best we can during this period. One other thing I would add more on a, a personal level is, you know, I do have small kids at home. And so with just managing the kids and the, the home stuff and work all at the same time, I was finding myself having difficulty getting exercise in, and which is just important to my own work-life balance, going back to that wellness and work-life balance. Uh, it's not for everybody, but for me, it definitely helps me manage stress. And um, so uh, I'm very thankful for my very forgiving team because what I've started doing is sitting on my exercise bike while we're doing one-on-ones. Um, so that's <laughs> been uh, obviously not uh, not doing it too enthusiastically or else I wouldn't be able to speak to them, but just using that as an opportunity to just get moving and feel like I'm getting some energy out. Um, and like Dan said, walking meetings. I'm in Los Angeles, so it's been in the hundreds uh, this past couple weeks, so less of those and more of sitting on, on the bike and the air conditioning. But um, I think it's just another example of a, a challenge that, you know, I hadn't thought hadn't had to deal with prior that that's now that I think is getting creative and and uh you know not being afraid to try new things to, to get it done I love that but I love that you had to tell your team because otherwise they'd be like she's so excited she's out of breath it's like she's <laughs> she can't believe what's going on with our work when really you're just cycling uh so hold tight we have too which you know they of course so they so can it, see it you exactly that makes <laughs> yeah. sense we're going to take a quick break, but come right back for Career Conversations with Ronstad Reismark. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Reismark will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Smart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Ronstad Rise Smart. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and I'm joined today by Dan Davenport, President and General Manager of Ronstad Rise Smart, and Lindsay Witcher, Vice President of Practice Strategy. And we have been talking about work-life balance in the remote era. And I'm so excited for this question that's come in from one of our listeners. We got an email from Dale from Armonk who wrote, 
I'm just not good at working from home. I find that it takes me longer to get work done because I start doing the laundry. And even though I'm by myself, I find myself just not getting as much work done. I'm not sure if it's motivation or workflow, but I worry my boss is going to fire me if I just don't get more work done. I can't go back into the office just yet, but I want to keep my job. Um, please give me any advice that might help me out. And so what we've got is someone who just needs a little bit of advice. So Lindsay, I'd love it if you could give some advice to Dale um, kind of your best tips on being productive when you don't think you're the best at working from home. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. And I think even those of us who are, are work from home rock stars, not claiming that for myself, just saying for those of you out there who may be that, are finding it more difficult right now to keep the same levels of productivity that we had maybe prior to, you know, everything that's going on. It's There's a big sort of uh, emotional toll and sort of fatigue, I think, just naturally with, with everything. So I would say, first of all, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace and, and try to, to forgive yourself for that first and foremost. But I think that some of the things that I've seen work, uh, which I mentioned in the beginning, but I think they're mentioning again, include setting that schedule for yourself and also breaking up your day into certain activities. So perhaps you do calls from, you know, a certain block of time, and then you have a block of time dedicated to a particular type of more head-down work, but also think about rewarding yourself, too. So set milestones for yourself in terms of getting a certain amount of work done, and when you accomplish that goal, you know, you, you, you finish that set of that body of work that you've committed yourself to, give yourself a reward, whether that's just simply going for a walk or, you know, chocolate is a great reward for those, <laughs> those who like it, uh, you know, just whatever is meaningful to you reward yourself. And then I think between the, the scheduling, scheduling blocks of time for certain things to make sure that you dedicate what you need to it, both on the personal level, laundry, et cetera, and the work level, and then rewarding yourself as you make progress. I think those are all things that help. You know, you may think about playing quiet music in the background while you're trying to do head down work. Sometimes that can be helpful to, you know, cold distractions, things like that. I think those are, those are just a few ideas that I've, I've either tried myself or heard have worked for other people. I think that's a really great point. And one of the things that I've been encouraging a lot of people I talk to to do is thinking about a kind of a self-study on how you work best. Because for some people, they may do better at emails in the morning. And other people might say, hey, I can just bang these out in the afternoon. But most people never get the time to sit down and think, when am I most effective at doing my work? Um, so sometimes even just taking this time as a time to measure you know, if I put in a calendar reminder, will that force me to do something? Or is it something where I should be looking towards something else? Um, and with that said, Dan, I'd love to kind of hear your take on this because this Dale, he's worried that his boss is going to fire him, but you've been speaking this entire time about being empathetic. And I think there's no boss out there who isn't understanding of what people are going through. Um, but I'd love to kind of get your idea because he mentions it might be something with motivation. And I think for all of us, you know, we have good days, we have bad days. Um, but I don't think that, you know, everybody is having a bad day would lead to anybody kind of losing their job. So I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on Dale's predicament. Yeah, that's a tough one. I know everybody's everybody's going through a tough time through this. And, um, yeah, the virus and the pandemic just adds extra stress uh, as well as the remote work requirements. So, um, yeah, I think I'd probably encourage Dale to talk, be open to his boss about that and, and you know, explore some, explore the topic. Uh, hopefully his, his boss is one who, who is open to that. Um, but I think um, – I think Lindsay, Lindsay said a number of good things that are helpful. You know, I think just trying to establish a routine. I, you know, I heard somebody the other day say that they were, um, they actually 
stressed because they're having so much such a hard time separating their family life from their work life and just everything was so intermingled that they actually started getting in the habit of actually getting dressed for work, you know, and just actually going into the office and, and being there. And um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that just to force yourself into that mindset, okay, I'm in the office now. Um, but getting into an official routine, having a good place to work, um, I think all those things are critical. And, and yeah, like Lindsay said, I think giving yourself a break uh, is, is really important and, and um, you know, giving yourselves those times to recharge. I think you need more of those now than you, you probably normally do. So, um, but I, I think I would encourage Dale to have an open conversation with his boss about it and, um, you know, just be open with what he's going through. I think most people understand that everybody's having a hard time right now. And, and, um, and if the boss isn't too open to that, then, you know, maybe he's in the wrong place. Absolutely. And I think it brings up a, a point that we haven't really touched on so far is that if Dale does say, hey, you know what, this isn't the right place for me, um, for a lot of the job seekers that I'm talking with in the midst of this pandemic, I think it's just as important to still set a schedule and still, you know, get dressed up and get ready to go, even though you might not officially be in work. Um, because really the work of job searching is still about, you know, time management. You still have tasks. You might not think of it as a job, although I certainly do because that's kind of how I work with people. Um, but this idea of, you know, that you would still face distractions, but you'd still have work and still have kind of expectations. And those expectations might not be from your manager, but kind of expectations you're putting on yourself. And I think, Lindsay, what you were saying makes sense because, if you're putting expectations on yourself, that might be a time where you'd say, well, I'm not going to reward myself. You know, I have to find another job. I'm just going to go, 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 go. But that might actually work counterintuitively to your productivity as a job seeker. Um, and so while that doesn't relate to you, Dale, I feel like it's worth saying here as part of our career conversation between the blurred line of working when your work is something that you're the only one holding yourself accountable for, if that makes sense. And so I'd love to, you know, before we let our listeners go, if you guys have any final thoughts on kind of remote working, I mean, you guys know, you know, Dan, it was a learning curve for you now, and Lindsay, you've been doing this for a while, but I'd love to kind of any last thoughts that you think our listeners might uh, might walk away with as they kind of move forward with their work day. Yeah, I guess I would just say, um, you know, be try to keep a positive attitude through this. This is temporary. Um, it doesn't feel like it right now, but um but everybody's going to get through this. So we have to, we have to keep a little optimism in our lives. Um, I think it, there is, a, I think the interesting thing, whether you're, whether you're on work calls with customers, internal calls, literally, uh, whether it's in the U S or I'm on, a, I'm on a lot of calls with people outside the U S and literally everybody is going through this. We're all going through this together as one kind of global community. So we're all in the same boat here. And, um, and I think, more than ever, I think everybody can relate to the challenges that uh, that everybody has. So, um, so I would just say, be positive and and you know keep your heads up, and we will get through this together. Fantastic, Lindsay. Any final thoughts you think our listeners might want to hear? Yeah, I would just I'd echo everything Dan said, but also add you know as you're trying to find your way of working from home and your balance, don't be afraid to try things and fail, and try things that aren't going to work, and try things that are going to work, and know that it's an iterative process. And at some point, you're going to find that sort of perfect combination of goal setting and accountability and the right space and the balance. And you're going to find a way that works for you. And it just might take a little bit of time. So, you know, have grace and forgive yourself for 
for those mistakes and just keep trying new things because eventually, you know, you'll land on something that works for you. That's such a good point because, Lindsay, I'm sure there's nobody who ever tried, you know, cycling while at work and then said, no, oh, I completely failed because I, I only cycled five miles at work and my team, you know, was thinking I was going to get to 10 and I didn't make it. And so I do think that a lot of people think about failing in the workplace. They think about going after ambitious things. But when it comes to habits, because at the end of the day, a lot of the decisions with remote work is just coming down to balancing those daily habits are going to be you failing in those little ways or maybe just failing in, you know, having your cat walking in in the background of Zoom or, uh, you know, as long as it's not the only thing that I think we all can agree on, as long as you're not failing by bringing your Zoom into the bathroom with you, because I've heard about that on the Internet, and I can officially say that we're not going to condone that as a practice that should be taken forward. And with that thought, uh, thank you all for staying with us for Career Conversations. We're going to be back next week, and we're going to be talking about the benefits of working with a coach. So tune in. We have a lot of really good content to bring you. If you have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, please email us at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. Until then, I'm Erin Robner, and I look forward to our next career conversation every Monday at 1230 right here on WVOX and online at WVOX.com. Stay safe and see you next week.